look it. Bill Michaels show. Uh, I got a, I got a nice note. Uh, Dan says, uh, Bill, I invite you to come ice fishing on Pewaukee Lake with us. If you do, we'll then walk down the street and go to the new Stenny's once they're up and running. Here's the problem with that, though, Chris. Uh, I don't think Stenny's is going to be up and running till March, and my assumption is you're not ice fishing in March. Are you ice fishing in March, Grant? Uh, depends. Probably not with a big shack, but you might be able to get there out on foot, maybe. Okay. Maybe. I, I would assume that by the time March gets here, you're warming up at least above freezing. So I don't know if I want to be traipsing out on ice. But I, I'll tell you this. Uh, it's not a walk uh, off of Pewaukee Lake. But if you're on, you know, if you're on a, a, a jet ski or not a jet ski, a uh, 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 God, what am I thinking of? <laughs> God, oh, a snowmobile? Snowmobile. Or a four-wheeler? Thank you very much. Snowmobile, yes. If you're on a snowmobile, it's a it's a mile away. But uh, there you go. <laughs> I couldn't think of it. It's one of those, you just, you, you ever look at something and you know what it is, you just draw a blank, or you walk into a room and you're like, I have no idea why I walked into this room. Every single day. Every single day. I <laughs> just, it blanked on me. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but, yeah, once they build the new Stenny's, you better believe it. I will be a fixture. I'm already, I already go out in that direction quite a bit. I, it'll be, you know what we ought to do is we ought to take uh, like the steady shuttle and we just, uh, we go pub crawling around that place because they've got some pretty good bars. We've got uh, uh, Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill. There's um, Sunset Grill on Pewaukee Lake. Uh, there's, I don't know if Seaster's is still out there, the Mexican restaurant. There's Stenny's right down the street now. Uh, you've got some bars that are on the other side of the lake. One was like the Golden Anchor or something like that. I don't know even know if it's still there. There was a couple of good bars in that area. But, hell yeah. Uh, Mugshots. Mugshots is down in that area. That's another good bar. Been in that one once or twice. Uh, hell yeah. Do that in a heartbeat. Maybe we do that instead of going out on the ice and going ice fishing. <laughs> or we do it on a, a Friday. Let's do it on a Friday. We'll, we'll rent the shuttle, we'll go bar to bar, and we'll just have fish fries. So it's kind of the same, right? That's that's really what ice fishing is about, is just anything to avoid the actual fishing. That's right. kind of the name of the game. You got you got it. You're catching on. That's it. You know, we'll go to fish fries, and we'll, we'll go bar to bar. And, and we're near a lake, and it's cold, so <laughs> there you go. I do that in a heartbeat. I'm in. Count me in. I'll even take a, a fishing pole with me if I just want to look, look the part. I'll wear the Cousin Eddie hat. You know, the the hat with the ears on it, you pull it down, strap it to your chin, walk in with a fishing rod, and you gas for the fish fry and a couple of beverages. Hell yeah, I'm in for that. There you go. Oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. I'm in. Count me in. We'll have to figure that out. Maybe we do some kind of a, a wintertime pub crawl one night. We do it. We raise money. We We do it for charity or something. You know, everybody pays a certain amount. You get like one or two... One drink or whatever, one or two drinks per place, and we get a hotel, and, and then you pay whatever the overage is for the bus and all that stuff. Yeah, the rest of it goes to charity. Who knows? We'll figure something out. We, I'm always thinking about stuff to do. <laughs> that sounds like a plan, though. Uh, 877-867-1670. You want to find us? Please feel free to go ahead and do so. Jordan Love. Spoke to the media as well. I wanted you to hear this uh, because this is a little bit longer, so I wanted to get it into a bigger segment. But Jordan Love spoke to the media about some of the things, some of the problems, um, you know, some of the you – know, and you're looking for insight 
And, and we're not going to hear the whole thing, but you're looking for insight from him as to what his thoughts are as to how to kind of dig out of this, if you know what I mean, you know? So take a listen to what Jordan Love has to say to the media yesterday. Yeah, no, um, you know, I haven't really faced a defense uh, like Minnesota, you know, the way they, they run it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's something that, you know, you've got to have a good plan for it going into it. Um, you got to have a good week of practice, you know, understanding the plan, understand where you want to go when they do bring those blitzes um, and certain looks and um, just go out there and, on game day and execute. But really, I mean, it's about getting the ball to our playmakers and, uh, you know, letting them, you know, make plays, make people miss, things like that. Just getting out quick. Just getting out quick. It's really yeah. important. Yeah, it is very important. You mentioned getting the ball to your playmakers. So obviously, each play has got the way it's ran schematically on the page. Mm-hmm. But is there a guy in this offense that when, when you got to have it, you, you want to go to that that guy? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think our, our main guy in our offense is three three. You know, we want to get him the ball as much as we can because um, you know good things happen when he has the ball. Um, in the receiver room, I mean, Christian um, Wicks. I mean, th- those are both guys that you know can make people miss, um, and they got that playmaker ability. Um, Samari, Rome. I mean, everybody. But um, you know, I think I'm confident in our receivers, and you know, when we get the ball in the perimeter, get the ball in their hands, that they're gonna you know go out there. Make those guys miss and make plays. Matt was just just saying that you know there's a lot of work that goes into building that rapport, and mm-hmm. we see just snippets of it, right? We don't see the whole. But behind the scenes, like what, what's that process like of of trying to build that chemistry, especially when it's it's not coming easy at the moment. Yeah, no, it's it's a process, you know, and we we put so much into it, you know, you know, guys are doing extra things, um, you know, during the week just to get us ready, just to so we're all on the same page, you know, we meet as a group. Um, and just talk through, you know, looks, things we might see in the game, you know, how we want things ran, um, what guys need to be looking for. Um, and it's a process, you know. You you can meet so much and talk so much and, and be on the same page, and then you got to make it happen when you get out there on the field, um, when, you know, bullets are flying and it's live. Um, so it, it, it takes time, and it's a process. Jordan, when you talk about a process, where's the process with Romeo? Because during camp, it looked like you guys were really vibing really well, and it, it, it's been there sometimes, and then maybe other times it hasn't been. So how do you kind of view that process? Yeah, I mean, me and Romeo, I think, have a great connection. Um, I think what it comes down to, and that's offensively as a whole, is consistency. We just got to be able to find, you know, we make some really good plays, and there's other times where we don't make great plays. Um, and for me and Rome, I mean, we've had a great connection, um, you know, score some points off our connection. Um, but like you said, it, it just comes down to consistency and making it happen all the time. Are the pressures they kind of bring different than traditional pressures that the teams bring? Yeah, their system is a lot different than, you know, your normal defense. Um, and it, it's pretty much a unique system that they have. Um, so, yeah. How tricky is it to figure out what Harrison is doing? Is it kind of does a little bit of everything for them? How tricky is it to figure out what he's up to? Yeah, I don't think there's any, you know, figuring it out. I think, you know. He's gonna he's gonna mess around and disguise looks and different things and um, it's one of those things that you don't really know what he's doing until the snap ball. So um, you just gotta be prepared that you know he's gonna drop, he's gonna blitz, and um, we gotta be ready for it for whatever he does. But most of the stuff he, he's a vet, he knows what he's doing. He waits till the ball snap to kind of tip his hat. Um, you just kind of gotta gotta play off what he does. Do you 
you notice the practice plan? You said you had never gone against a blitz like that. The practice plan this week against the scout, is it way different than you've seen in that regard? They're trying to show it to you already, like as much as you possibly can in these couple days? It's different, um, but it, it's, it's all things we do. Um, but like I said, when you're playing the defense that does a lot of different things, um, you know, you kind of have to change a little bit what you do. You want to stay um, in your system, but I mean, there's, there's just non-normal looks that we haven't seen um, that we're seeing this week that you know, we just got to have a plan for, and I think we do have a good plan. You mentioned now 33 is the, the main guy in your offense. You've had him one game healthy. You came in thinking you were going to have an all-pro at left tackle. You got a seventh-round, second-year player instead. Christian misses three games, get injured at the have, Has there been a point for you where you've kind of looked around at the way that things were supposed to go, the way things have actually gone for you, and just kind of been like, damn, like, it's not the same? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you can never – predict what's going to happen during the season um you know you have your your guys and you know you go through this whole process of you know practicing every day and and, and putting in the work and then you know like I said injuries happen uncontrollables that you just there's nothing you can do about happen um and it's all about how you respond how you bounce back how you grow um how other guys step, I talk about all the time how guys step up um but you know it's it's football it's never it's never perfect it's never like you say you can't really go into it with expectations that you know everybody's going to stay healthy you want everybody to but um, things happen. It's a it's a very physical game, um, but I think guys, you know, just have to continue to step up when opportunities present themselves. I think guys have done a good job of that. How do you how do you deal with that? And you, you know that you know not everything's going to be perfect, but mm-hmm. it's it's hard to predict that it's going to be this kind of shaky. Uh, mm-hmm. how, how do you deal with that internally? I mean, you just got to keep going. You know, adversity hits all the time, and uh, you know. And every year I've played football, there's some type of adversity. It's always different. You never know what it's going to be, when it's going to hit. But uh, it's all about just keep going, keep your head down, keep working. Um, and just, I mean, as a team, it's all about staying together. Um, obviously, it's not what we've expected so far, not what, you know, we kind of had a plan for. Um, but it, it is what it is. We're here now. What are we going to do from it going forward? you guys put in additional work on just the opening script, trying to get that better? Yeah, I mean, that's obviously a focus, you know, with the slow starts we've had. But, um, you know, the opening script, um, you know, Matt does a good job, I think, coming up with plays that, you know, we feel good about, we feel confident, we feel are going to work. And then um, it's tough. Like we said, you got to kind of figure out what the defense is, um, their game plan is for that week and, and what plays are going to be, you know, good versus that. Um, but, you know, for us, just starting fast, I think, like I said, that consistency in the execution, um, we just have to do a better job of starting fast and then obviously just just making plays early on, um, you know, get guys going, kind of get that, that juice flowing is just by, by make plays. You're probably sick of hearing about the slow starts, but going back home and if you go up and put up 14 points in the first quarter, like how good, you know, to kind of get that monkey off your back, you think it might take that one time just to, you know, then it'll kind of snowball and get things going a lot quicker in the game? Yeah, I mean, that's that's that game momentum right there. Once you, you know, start rolling fast, put up some points, make some plays, um, you know, the momentum's going to start going. And I think um, as an offense, as a team, we've been, good in the second half um, in game so far. Um, but like I said, once we start fast, make some plays early on, get some points up, um, like I said, you'll get that monkey off your back, but it's just that momentum. You know, We'll have a great feel for it. And just I think we'll be able to build off that. How can a team learn accountability, and especially from you as the quarterback, how much of that has to stem from you? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> we're all professionals. We all got to hold ourselves accountable. Um, we, hold, we hold each other as teammates accountable and our coaches hold us accountable, but um, you know, after every game, I think everyone's really critical of, you know, our performance, how we do, um, you know, and we watch it as a team, you know, there's, there's no hiding from it. We're going to sit there as a team and, and talk about what we did wrong, talk about what we did good. Um, and, you know, 
you're going to sit there in front of everybody and, and know exactly what you did wrong, what you did good. So that's that right there in itself is, I think, really cool. Um, something Matt does a really good job of just, you know, getting in front of the team and holding each other accountable. He holds himself accountable. Um, you know, me as quarterback, I hold myself accountable for, for mistakes, um, things like that. But, you know, we're all pros. We all got to be critical of our performance and go forward. Watching the, the whole game with the whole team, is that not common? No, it is common. You know, when we <coughs> come back after the game, we'll meet, um, talk about, you know, the good, the bad, things like that. I, I mean, like with other teams or in other towns you've played? Um, no, I mean, it's something we've done since I've been here. Um, but, yeah, in, in my past, um, it's something, you know, you kind of do, but I think we've, we've done a good job of doing that here. These slow starts are just, they're strange because in each – of the second half, so you guys have produced. You've come mm-hmm. back out of, out of halftime, and you, you put up double-digit points each time. When you look at the film, what what's the difference between the first and the second half? I mean, is it something more? I know the, the cliche is, well, you just got to come out with urgency, right? Mm-hmm. But like, what what is is the real difference when you look at the film? Um, I, I think the the biggest difference is, you know, in the first half, we haven't really had any explosive plays. Um, you know, we kind of we talk about as offense, we kind of get the the bare minimum on plays and um, you know we have we have good plays here and there and then it's just not consistent enough but um, you know we're just looking for that spark somebody go out there and make a play um, I think that's what we've been missing so far in the first half um, you know we do good we, we can move the ball get into field goal range things like that but we just need that spark um, somebody that's going to go out there and make a play and I think in this game in the second half we did that we started doing it um, obviously the touchdown to Roman that's a great catch by him going out there and just being a guy making a play, you know. Um, so I think once we get that going, that's going to be that spark we need. Right, because the starter obviously is different. So being reappreciating being at home, you know, it's been a month. I mean, do you, is it make you more appreciated now that you haven't had it? I know you didn't have it, then you had it, but now you have it. Mm-hmm. No, it's definitely something that we're looking forward to this week is just getting back at home, getting back in Lambeau, um, you know, having our crowd you know, behind us, which, um, you know, away games is, is tough. You know, you're playing with – you know, new stadium you haven't played in, and uh, you know you got the whole crowd against you, kind of. But um, you know we got to find a way to go out there, and no matter where we're at, we're at home, we're away, just go out there and win. There were two plays. No, you were talking about it. Sorry, you were talking about accountability before. I'm not sure how to ask this other than to just ask it. Like one play, you maybe miss a throw, or mm-hmm. you don't see a guy right, and then another play, you may do exactly what you're supposed to do, but one of the guys runs the wrong route. Yes. You don't want to talk about growing pains. You guys want to win and mm-hmm. be productive. How difficult is it as a first-year starter and with a bunch of young guys around you to kind of negotiate this path that you guys are on where there's this many kind of moments where it's not one guy, it's another guy? Mm-hmm. No, it is very tough, and I think that's a frustrating part for everybody on our offense is, um, you know, here and there will be somebody, somebody else, and we just gotta, that's where we got to get back to finding that consistency. Um, having that focus and, and just going out there and executing. Everybody, I mean, it takes everybody. Everybody's got to do their 111th and do their job and, uh, you know, do it at a, a high level so we don't have these, you know, little mistakes that lead to bigger mistakes that lead us not have any points that, you know, it just kind of snowballs. And once we find that consistency of execution, um, we'll be good. But we, we haven't had it so far. Consistency of execution. And, that you know, you heard Matt LaFleur talk about it. You heard Jordan Love talk about it. The little things. they are It's its constantly the little things. The little things. You know? It's its its something that they're I, – I wanted you to hear it because it's something that both he and Matt LaFleur expressed over – it's almost like they're parroting. Like, you know, Jordan Love is parroting Matt LaFleur, which is good. 
but it's the constant little things. And it goes back to what we were talking about pretty much all day. It's the little things, offensively speaking, that are costing this team continuously, continuously. So if you hear it, I know it's, 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 at times it's like white noise. It gets mind-numbing, but it's the little things. I think that's rather interesting. When we come back, I do got to – tonight's a big night. Bucks basketball's back. Dame time's back. You know, it's, it's in Milwaukee. You've got Giannis back, happy, paid. And big night starting. Who's who's the team to beat in the East? I think it's the Bucks. Some say eh, maybe it's Boston, but uh, a game tonight. No James Harden. The 76ers going to try to make some kind of a, a a statement this year. Not a lot of belief there. Joel Embiid pretty much has to do it kind of by himself. So big game tonight, right out of the shoot, uh, coming up tonight for the Milwaukee Bucks. Looking forward to being a part of that too tonight. Not that I'm going to the game, but I'm going to be downtown and kind of you know, feeding off some of the energy and the atmosphere down there. Looking forward to that this evening. Hey, I've been telling you about our friends over at One Collision. One Collision, they're the ones that put my uh, put my car back together, basically. And uh, they, they were fantastic. Uh, they were when, – when I went to One Collision, I, I went there because a friend of mine uh, suggested it and said, hey, they, they're – because when I had uh, the car accident, we'll say, um, I was looking for a place to go, and, and a friend of ours said, hey, our son's had some familiarity with them. We'd love for you to go there. And I'm kind of particular. I mean, I kind of was in for a brief period of time I was in that business, so I, I really kind of know what I'm talking about when it comes to that end of things. And uh, when they started talking to me, it was like, okay, uh, a lot of new advancements in technology, but okay, we'll give you a shot. It is perfect. My car was perfect. It was returned perfectly. One collision. Uh, and uh, right there on County Line, uh, on County Road. Excellent, excellent stuff in Menominee Falls. One collision in Menominee Falls. Great people, great place. And um, they are right on County Line Road, uh, right there on, uh, I think it's, uh, no, I think it is actually County Line Road, Menominee Falls. County Line Road, Menominee Falls. Go to it, check it out. If you are in need uh, of an auto repair, if, say, you've had just some scratches and damages you want touched up, or maybe you just need a whole redo of your car inside complete detailing as well. It's one collision county line. Call them 262-251-1700. They're serving the 678 county area nearby. One collision county line 262-251-1700. Again, 262-251-1700 right there in Menominee Falls, Germantown, Mequon, the entire greater Milwaukee area that's one collision, one collision repair and services. They've got it all going on right there. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Surfer Sturgeon Supplies. Showroom for details. Offers at 1031 
Welcome back. Bill Michael Show, we continue on. Going to head downtown tonight. Going to be uh, heading over to Calderon Club. And I'm meeting, uh, Kristen and I are meeting my son and his wife for dinner. And uh, going to have a great time. We're not going to the game, but we're going to be kind of down there in the atmosphere. Sold out stand, standing room only tonight for the debut of the new dynamic duo that is Giannis uh, Adenokounmpo and then uh, Damian Lillard. And then you throw in Chris Middleton as, quote, the big three. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, this team gets off to a fast start and they live up to expectations. So it's obviously you're only as good as your bench because your bench is is kind of what, uh, you know, either sustains, keeps you in games, or can get you a lead when other things aren't working. So hopefully the bench is uh, is solid. Now, obviously, Adrian Griffin's debut is the head coach coming up tonight, so there's a lot of positivity in town and a lot of Bucks talk, obviously, in uh, the Milwaukee area tonight with the Bucks opening up uh, down at the Fiserv Forum. A little bit, uh, this was from uh, uh, Jesse, who said, uh, why did the Punch Bowl social close? It's right there in the Deer District, right? Yes, it is. It th- There's... I don't know all the details. I know that the ownership changed hands and COVID hurt him right out of the chute. And, you know, there was a lot of reasons. But I, I said this last year, okay? Punchbowl Social was a cool place. I don't think it, it was advertised properly, and I think there was a lot of, you know, other business business stuff that was involved that caused its downfall. But let me say this. In working last year downtown quite a bit, doing the huddles and such. Um, I don't know what's happened to the workforce, but I remember going to the Mecca during the Bucks playoff series, and half of the Mecca was closed. I mean, it was they were on a standing room only wait. They were like on a two-hour wait to get a table. And I'm like, why? There's a whole half of the restaurant that's open. And it's because they don't have help. People aren't going back to work. College kids don't want to work. And I'm not blaming it on the, the kids, but uh, part of it is the workforce is gone. I, I, don't, I don't know where it went. I don't know what the workforce is doing. I, I, you know, I, I don't, whoever's making money, I don't know where they're making money, but it's not in the service industry anymore, which is a shame because, it, uh, you know, I, I, I've told the story time and again that there is um, a friend of mine who, very lucrative, runs a great business. And he had a girl that was bartending for him. And she was making, on average, between four and $500 a night. A night. Working five nights a week. Okay? Think about it. Do the math on that. Um, and she, there were certain hours she didn't want to work. And he said, look, we got a big party. We, I need you. You know, you'll be the first cut, I promise, but I need you to come in. And she quit. And now she works for, you know, three nights a week for a couple hundred bucks. And doesn't want to work, does, and, but yet when she needs the money, she'll come back and ask for her job. But they, you know, it just is what it is. They, there's a, a level of, of people that don't want to work, and they don't want to work hard. There's a work ethic in the country that I think has fallen by the wayside. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a shame. It's hard to find people. Even when you're making really good money, people just don't want to work. You know, so... Uh, I don't know if it's that people just living at home and mom and dad are footing the bills or what, but there, you know, I, I, so I can only assume that part of it is, is the workforce. You couldn't find it to sustain it. It was a really cool place. Punchbowl social was really neat, but I, I, the, the one or two times I was in there, 
within the last, well, go back a couple of years, actually, now that it's been closed for a long period of time. But uh, it was, the service was terrible, and it, there was hardly anybody there. So, yeah. I've worked as a server and as a bartender. Do you think we have a problem in this country, Bill, with how we treat wait staff and service workers? Yes. Not with everyone, obviously, yes. but I feel like it's yes. different than it used to be. Yep. Uh, it is different because, first of all, it, there is so much bad service that's out there because, you know, I, I appreciate people that come to work. I, and I tell them that. Um, I tip and usually over tip just to say I appreciate you coming to work. Uh, bad service, attitude, I, I don't I don't tolerate. I've actually told people, am I bothering you by being here? And they don't have an answer for that. That's the most uncomfortable question you can ask a server. Am I bothering you by being here? And they just look at you. They don't, they don't know how to react because you're making me feel as if I'm bothering you by taking a table or sitting at the bar or, or ordering a drink. So when you do run into good servers, take care of them, man. Good servers, good bartenders, you know, people that uh, are bus people, just they're good people, man. They're out working when a lot of other people don't even want to get off their couch to go to work. So I try to always take, but, but we live in a world of which we see on YouTube, we can treat you however we want to treat you and you have to accept it. And that's not it. That's not it. And I'll tell you this, there's a lot of people that are, that are kind of fed up with it, which is one of the reasons that uh, Try That in a Small Town became so popular. And uh, what is the other guy that had the, the song that was, it was a YouTube song and it went to number one. Now he's out on tour. And he, he, does, he turned down all the corporate jobs because he didn't want to be fake and take the money. So he's actually doing it because he loves doing it. But regardless, there's, there's, a, there's a whole turn coming right now where people are just tired of being screamed at and yelled at by, I, you know, I, I don't know, by the Karen society, I guess, of give it to me now, do what I say, don't give me any lip, and I don't owe you anything. And that's not the way it is. Whatever happened to the uh, do unto others and treat people the way you wanted to be treated. So, But I agree with you. Uh, there's, there's an issue. Certainly there's an issue. So uh, I will say, going back to my point, when you run into good bartenders and when you run into good servers, tell them they're good servers. It inspires them to keep going uh, amidst a, a, a wave and a sea of angry, Karen-esque ineptitude people. Uh, and what I find really funny is this is that if you run into people who are always bitching, moaning, and complaining, if you complain about them, they're the first ones to claim that then they are the ones that are being victimized when they've victimized everybody else. So I hate to get off my soapbox for that, but there you go. Uh, but, no, big night tonight. you got Bucks basketball back. I'm excited for that. Uh, Bucks tonight, you got Bucks winning uh, going away this evening. I got the Bucks by about 15 tonight. Even though Joel Embiid's going to come in and try to put his stamp on all of this, I, from what I've seen and what I hear, I just don't think. Uh, I think first of all, I think the 76ers are mired in the controversy that is James Harden, uh, which is the reason they did not want him in Milwaukee. And then secondly, I just think the Bucks are. I mean, one game tonight. If say it's close and they win by a point and a buzzer beater, okay, whatever. But I just think that they are going to be the team to beat in the East. I think, barring injury, they have got everything just about in place to be that team. And, you know, who are you picking this year as an X-Factor, Grant? If you had to look at this team and you had to say, who's going to be an X-Factor? Oh, boy. Um, maybe Marjan Beauchamp. And it's not like he's going to okay. push to be an all-star or score a bunch of points. But they drafted him 
because they thought he could defend certain positions. And yeah. then they they factored that into kind of how they built up the team last year. And then he, right. he couldn't defend those positions. So if he takes a little bit of a step uh, as a defender this year and fulfills some of those expectations, it makes a massive difference because now without Drew and Grayson Allen, they don't mm-hmm. really have a lot of bodies to defend the wing. They have guards and they have bigs. They don't really have any defensive wings. So if Bochamp can take a step and be at least solid as a wing defender, that'd be a massive difference. And it's not going to show up in scoring or, or in or in flashy highlight plays, but for the, the functionality and the bones of this team, Bochamp could be really yeah. important. My X factor, as much as I like Bochamp, Pat Connington, Bobby Portis, they picked up Jay Crowder for a reason last year. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we were all excited about Jay Crowder for a reason. I think if Jay Crowder gets an opportunity and Griffin likes him and plays him and he finds a niche, I think he could be huge to this team. What what Jay Crowder needs to bring with his body and size and beef, I I look at Jay Crowder as could you be PJ Tucker 2.0? Going back to the year they won the championship. Can't not only can he shoot, but can this guy be the badass SOB that this team needs? Bobby Portis kind of gives you that, but they need a guy that's legit, and I think Jay Crowder could be that guy. So if I'm going to pick an X factor uh, for this upcoming season for the Bucks, it could be Jay Crowder. And with injuries, he could end up finding his way back into a, the rotation and even more minutes along the way. But I'm, I'm keeping my eye on Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder's going to be my guy. You got Bochamp, I got Crowder. We'll see how things play out. So I'm excited. Bucks basketball gets underway. Tonight at the Pfizer Forum, I think 6.30 is tip time, right? 6.30 tonight? Yeah, it's TNT, so I think it's it's a little bit earlier, whereas ESPN, yeah. I think, is 7. Yeah, TNT, 6.30. Okay. TNT, 6.30 tonight. Uh, Suns, Lakers. Oh, bye. well, great. Nationally, we got the Lakers again. Yay. Oh, did you see uh, uh, it was just announced that both Booker and Bradley Beal are going to miss tonight's game for the Suns? Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Good league. Maybe, uh, Good job, yeah. everyone. Great. Nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, game one. There you have it. Uh, game two, actually, I think, for the Suns. The Suns played uh, Golden State the other night. So game two for the Suns, game two for the Lakers, game one for the uh, the Bucks tonight. So there you have it. All right, let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I used it to watch the Diamondbacks and Phillies the other night. Uh, Mike said, watch it there. So there you go. Who, uh, If you don't have cable, watch it on BNR app on Max. What is the BNR app? Do you know what that is? It's the Bleacher Report plug-in oh, okay. for what used to be yeah. HBO. Now it's just Warner Warner Brothers Discoveries streaming. It's a whole. It's. I talked to Mike. He called my show the other night. We were talking about this. Watching sports used to be so simple. But right. it is a good way if you pay for HBO Max but you don't pay for cable, uh, you can still watch. Yeah. Nope. I, uh, I, 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 there's plenty of people that want to watch the game or 
I whatever happened to the day that uh, you got out and you went to the, your local watering hole because they usually had it, right? <sighs> I miss going to the watering hole every other yeah. night. I used to work right next. I used to work live within three blocks of my favorite watering hole in Lacroix. It was it was actually a bad thing, but I did love going to watch Brewer games on summer nights. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah, that was always the thing. I mean, Sundays, uh, when I owned my bar, um, it was, I mean, you geared up for that. That was where you went and watched the game. Uh, it was always you went to the sports bar. I mean, then again, I mean, the concept of sports bars really kind of came into their own in the late 70s, early 80s. But in the, you know, late 80s, early 90s, when I had mine, my God, it was it was a it was a whole process. But when you've got, you know, local sports bars, when we would always get, you know, Reds games were on, um, when we would have college hoops on, we would have, God, we had so many colleges in the area that people rooted for, whether it was Kentucky, Louisville, University of Cincinnati, Xavier, Miami of Ohio, Ohio State, those, those were all in the area. So we, uh, we had those games on constantly. It was always a thing to do. Uh, but now, now you're sitting at home, you're frustrated, you've got 12 different remote controls, you're screaming into your your Alexa, you're screaming, <laughs> your fire stick, you're, you're swearing, cursing, and trying to talk to your TV, and you can't find it, and it, it's now it's a whole thing, man. I I, I don't know. It's so I okay, we'll let people know. You can get it on the BNR app. When you owned your bar, would people bring in the crock pots and the Nescos, and would you set up a table and everyone would bring something in? Because I I always love when bars do that. That's a very Wisconsin thing to do. We we actually serve food. So we okay. capitalized on it. But what I did was, and the closest thing I've ever found to it is Stoli's Hog Alley. They make their own chips. And what we used to do is there's a place in, uh, in Cincinnati called Montgomery Inn. And it is a rib place. Um, it's called like the, it's like fine dining for ribs. It really is. And they had incredible meals and steaks and chicken, but they were known for their ribs. So, but they had a thing called Saratoga chips. And it was basically they made their own potato chips. But these things were dark brown, and they were seasoned with a, some kind of a rub on them. And it was, they were delicious. And what you would do is I would go buy boxes of those chips because they were cheap. I would buy boxes of those chips, and I would buy their sparse, uh, spicy barbecue sauce. And we would heat it up uh, on our grill. <clears throat> and we would pour it into these big vats and then dip you know, use like a, uh, like a spaghetti ladle or something and ladle it into these tiny little cups and we would set it all over the bar. And then they would, people would sit there and eat the chips and dip it in the barbecue sauce. And then, you know, obviously you get thirsty. So pitchers of beer were on sale and the whole thing. But if people wanted food, we had pizzas, we had burgers, we had a limited menu, but we had pizzas, burgers, fish sandwiches. Um, what else? We had a, a couple of different things. Oh, we had like uh, small steaks. Uh, our, our, chef made small steaks too which were fantastic and then big big steak fries so but that's what we we offered uh and it people used to come down just for the saratoga chips but the key for me was the more they ate the chips the thirstier they got so if they stayed for an entire game you're talking people were buying pitchers of beer like they were going out of style i mean it was crazy how much how many kegs of beer we would go through for a couple of football games so that was it but yeah, we but I, there's a bar. Well, I think uh, Nice Ash does that. They used to do that, where you bring in everybody brings in a crock pot, you share something. I did that. I don't know, maybe six months ago. We went down there. I don't even know what we were down there for. It was a Sunday, and there were some people gathering. So I brought a crock pot full of Skyline chili from Cincinnati, and I laid it all out. I had the cheese grated, 
We had some onions. We had the hot dogs. We had the spaghetti, the bowls. I mean, everything. We brought it. Just go through the buffet and make your own. So, yeah, we did that. That was always good. Always a fun time. Plus, there was always some people that made some really good stuff. So you were always looking for them to come and uh, show up and say, hey, are you bringing that? Okay, great. And then you would always start to bring stuff that, you know, because uh, there were people that strategically did it. They would buy, like, the cheese tray, knowing they weren't going to eat the cheese. But they would come and scarf down what other people made. So I, I didn't mind it, but, uh, you know, doing the potluck thing. But it was the Saratoga chips were great for the beer business, man. Oof, we sold a ton of beer. You got anything else? Just trying to think. Last time I was at one of my favorite bars, someone brought in at like 11 at night, brought in a giant crock pot full of hot dogs, just hot water and oh, hot really? dogs. And it was like 11. They brought it in at 11 at night. So everyone's tanked like during a oh, Packer game awesome. at, at noon. You know, people bring in chili and well, you might be having a beer or two, but just carrying in right. a giant crock pot of hot dogs. That'd be awesome. I do that. It was Absolutely. great. It was the best. Yeah. It, now, if you've got all the fixings and, you know, the good, like, hot dog buns and stuff, not the generics. you got to go with, like, ballpark. You know, you get the ballpark buns, and then you you got to bring in the onions and the relish, ketchup, mustard. And if you get crazy, you bring in, like, a little bit of either red hot or you bring in some spicy barbecue sauce. But, oh, God, yeah. You sound like Uke. Pretzel, a soft pretzel bun. Mm. Oh, mm. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the soft pretzel buns go without saying. But, yeah, if you, if you bring in a whole bag of – couple bags of ballpark Frank hot dog buns. Oh, boy, yeah. Stuff my face in that. Uh, let's do this. We got some What Do We Miss coming up. Stay tuned. We got the, all of that next in the Bill Michael. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Surfer restriction supplies. Showroom for details. Offers at michael show we continue on and uh, don't forget about our friends at uh, quick trip and if you're going to be doing some tailgating this weekend you can, you can always stop in the quick trip talking about hot dogs buns and all the fixings they have it all if you're going to do some tailgating say out at uh, camp randall this weekend green bay this weekend heading into the beer cave uh, or if you're just going out there for staples bread buns you know butter milk eggs bananas whatever that's our friends at quick trip and they they want to remind everybody hey everything's back up and running thanks for your patience and you can now uh with without any issue you can uh, use your quick rewards card and get it all taken care of that's our good friends over there at quick trip and uh, great stuff and great people and don't forget you can also get registered now 
as well to uh, be a finalist to win that uh, Chevy truck. So giving away a Chevy truck there also. That's our friends at Quick Trip. It is that time. What do we miss? A couple NBA things. Just a a brief update on the James Harden situation. This per Chris Haynes, uh, Bleacher Report. You see him on TNT. Uh, One note from his story that came out earlier today. After practice the other day, James Harden arrived at the fixed base operator airport to board the team flight, but he was stopped by a security official who notified him that he was not permitted to accompany the team. Sources say (laughs) they met him at the gate. Oh, my gosh. Which, this is funny, because James Harden, I mean, this is funny for a lot of reasons, but, you know, when this drama really started to ramp up, the quote from James Harden's camp was, he's just getting started, right? He's going he's gonna to right. find ways to be disrupted. He's going to find ways to make this happen. And the Sixers said, okay, well, then you're not going to be around the team. We're not going right. to let you be disruptive. So I actually tip my cap he's to Philly. Ass. He's an ass. I, I just, he is just an unbelievable jag who has run himself out of opportunities. He just has. He's not good in the postseason. He is aging. He has become a mental liability to a team. He just wears on you, and he's forced his way out in most a petulant way anywhere, every place he's been. He forced himself out of Houston. He forced himself out of Brooklyn. He's trying to force himself out of Philadelphia, and he's just not worth it. And I hope they just sit on him the rest of the season. His trade value is going just through the toilet. And now the Clippers have cut off. They they've decided nah uh, maybe they revisit it but they've said ah eh, we're not we're not going to give up too much for that guy so they've even backed off because he's just such a jerk and so yeah I, I'm I'm glad that they're saying you know go away I, I love it so Philly is probably trying to resolve this situation in a way that is less or, or least harmful to their relationship with Joel Embiid they because this has happened a right. couple of times. But selfishly, as just a fan of the league, I just kind of want him to say, screw you, James Harden. And I do, too. Nobody wants to trade for him. The Clippers won't trade right. Terrence Mann in a pick. Like There's no market for this guy. And I just think right. it would be really funny if, if out of nowhere, every team just was, no thanks, we don't want you, and your career's basically right. done. No, nope, I completely agree. I This is the same as Latrell Sprewell as a, a role player at best, turning down the $11 million, saying, I can't feed my family on that. That's a joke. Okay, talk to you later. Never worked again. That was it. Never worked again. Yep. So I, I equate it to this. And Ben Simmons was the same way. He forced himself out of Philadelphia. He at least was younger and had some value, but he's still, he's still a turd. Uh, so, I look, uh, I, I applaud Philadelphia for at least taking a – if anything, take a stand and say, screw you. I, I applaud him for that. I don't mind players switching teams. I, I don't, ever. Go where you want to go. That's your right as a player. But what's happened in the NBA is players have said, well, I'm going to sign my contract for the most amount of money in the most amount of years – and then if I want to leave, I'll figure that out later. It's like, well, no. I'll force my way out. Yeah. yeah. That's what yep. free agency's for. We don't actually have free agency in basketball anymore. Uh, right. One other quick, this tweet last night from Julia Poe, uh, the Chicago Tribune. This is just such a funny tweet. The Bulls lost last night. She tweeted, Billy Donovan says that when he walked into the Bulls locker room tonight, players were already in heated conversations. He asked if they wanted him to leave to handle conflict. Players said yes, so he did. Donovan emphasized that embracing conflict is key to this year's roster. It's opening night at home. It's opening night, yeah. <laughs> and guys want to beat the hell out of each other. Okay. You know, now if they're heated with the coach, that's one thing. But if they're heated with each other, yeah, it's not a terrible thing to let them work it out. But remember, uh, you know, you had a punch thrown last year. Poole damn near got knocked out, out with Draymond Green out yeah. in uh, Golden State. And uh, that didn't bode well. 
So, yeah, and then uh, ultimately they got rid of Poole. But, uh, you know, you don't want to blow your team up and you haven't even really gotten into the season yet. So Players only meeting night one of the season. That's, that's a good way to – it's a good way to get things started. And, and here's the thing. You wonder why. You wonder what the problem is. Is it guys that, you know, I, look, if Giannis is getting after guys because he's like, I'm in here busting my ass and you're not, you're going to take this serious, I applaud it. If it's just guys and the egos arguing, <laughs> it's like, yeah, come on, man. Really? You've already got problems? Uh, I don't know. It, it seems like there's – with the abundance of NFL players, there's so many more players in the NFL than anything. You'd, it would seem like there's a lot more of this, especially in a machismo sport. But they pound each other on the practice field for a minute or two, and then it's over. You just don't—you never hear about it again. <laughs> this is like NBA guys are fighting all the time, all the time. All right, that'll do it. Uh, Bucks tonight taking on uh, the Philadelphia 76ers without. James Harden, 6.30 tonight down at the Pfizer Forum. Looking forward to that. We'll be back at it again tomorrow to wrap things up for the week and get you into the weekend for uh, Bucks and Buckeye, or uh, for Badgers and Buckeyes. And then you've also will wrap up the Bucks game tomorrow. And then also you got the Packers and the Vikings coming up on Sunday. So big day coming up tomorrow on the program. Good stuff. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Certainly appreciate it. Time for us to get out of here until we talk again 20 hours from now. How are we going? Hoop. <laughs>